episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on January the 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me this week, no one. On today's show, we will be discussing a game that I played this week, going to be going over the calendar for the next few weeks, going to talk about some other random stuff, and give you an explanation for what is going on. So, yes, the biggest elephant in the room being that I am flying solo this week. Uh, Rage is still experiencing some hardcore computer issues that we have not yet gotten resolved. Fingers crossed we will be getting them resolved and be back for next week. I sent him some stuff that hopefully would help out. Uh, it's I'll let him detail all of the story when he gets back. Um, but normally, you might be saying, well, you would run a Franken episode during this time. That is correct, and that enters the second part of the conundrum. Uh, or the second issue, and it's one part's technical failure and two parts human mishap. On the technical side, I have got a home server that uses a RAID array. I believe it is RAID 1, uh, where that you have four drives, and, um, you know, essentially it's it's striped and mirrored to prevent data loss. Well, I had three drives fail, um, and that's partially my own fault. Uh, I have built this thing with secondhand parts and kept it running that way for years. And so it's no surprise that eventually the whole thing is just going to give out on me. So I had three of my four drives die in that array. Um, so I have lost tons of data that I had backed up there that I consider to be like non-essential. So things that are like uh, financial records and family photos and, um, I don't know, important medical stuff. That's in the essential category, which is backed up on that and multiple cloud devices or services. And I've got a physical, multiple physical copies burned to Blu-ray discs, um, at this point. So, I mean, it could get lost, but it's a low chance of it all being lost. And then I had lots of, of, like I said, that non, Critical data, though, that did get lost. <clears throat> so, a portion of my music library, a portion of my uh, digital movie library, a whole bunch of games that I had, um, things that were older games that I had ripped, or ISOs of, like, PS2 games and stuff like that that I keep backed up. Those are all gone, and a chunk of the VGL archive is gone, um, that being the archive that is saved to my hardware. <clears throat> we do keep a, a uh, cloud-based backup for all of the old episodes, so those are still around. They're not going anywhere. But I kept local versions as well, and those are gone. And included in that was the uh, Franken-episode stuff that, we have, that I download every week from... Uh, uh, Craig on, on Discord. So all that's gone. Um, I did have all of that backed up into OneDrive, just OneDrive, Microsoft OneDrive, uh, to be able to access and use it on multiple computers, etc., etc. Uh, I went through and cleaned out a bunch of stuff, and in doing so, 
I'm guessing I made a boo-boo and deleted it. Um, instead of copying it somewhere else, I cut it and sit and I don't know, human error got distracted by my kid or my dog, something like that. And it wound up disappeared. And I've got the setting checked that whenever I delete something, it just automatically deletes it instead of putting it in a temporary hold. So that's gone. And I went to go get it from another computer. The only other computer that um, keeps those backups and uh, that I keep stuff saved to it locally. And my kid had disconnected, somehow disconnected OneDrive on that computer. It's, it's the family computer that is in our living room. And that whole drive was just missing. Don't know where it is. Might be recoverable on the disk somewhere. Or if I reconnect the account. Um, well, but if I reconnect the, the account, it would sync with the server. So that's just currently gone. So you have me rambling alone at you for however long this takes uh, to put together an episode. Because we cannot miss a week. The only week we missed was the week that I was in the hospital a couple of years ago. The show must go on, as they say. So, uh, you can enjoy my lovely voice all by myself, thanks to the misfortune. If something goes wrong and we're still unable to record an episode next week, I'll probably look into having a guest or something. Um, if anyone's interested to be on the B-Team roster, hit me up. And we can we can discuss its potential, especially if it looks like Rage's computer situation still is not going to be solved. So... As for doing this show, uh, I think I mentioned on one of the episodes or the first episode of the year that I do yearly challenges or not challenges. Goodness, I, I instead of doing um, New Year's resolutions, I do yearly themes. And this year was going to be the year of nostalgia. And since I've been doing a ton of uh, playing a bunch of Ace Combat games, I just fired up the next one sort of in my list of games to play which is Ace Combat Zero The Belkin War, which is a prequel to Ace Combat 5's story, although it released, you know, after Ace Combat 5. And it was the first one that was done by, I believe, uh, Bandai Namco or Namco Bandai or whatever, um, with both of them at the helm. Um, I played this game. I know I played this game several times through in high school. Um, I had a um, one of my passwords for a while, was uh, Solo Wing Pixie, which is one of the, the main characters in the game. Um, and that, I have remembered that for forever. But I couldn't remember jack shit about this game. And so I started playing it, and I was like, you know, some of these boring missions or the lead-up missions, obviously I don't remember them. But I'll remember some of the big stuff in the game, some of the big story-sweeping stuff or some of the big missions that uh, the the game throws at you. And I didn't remember anything. Not a thing. Um, I had, I think I'm, I'm misremembering this as another one of these sort of arcadey flight games um, that, uh, like, I think I'm misremembering parts of this game as another one of those games, or maybe even Ace Combat 4. Ace Combat 4 is next on my list, and I plan on starting to play that this week to talk about on next week's show. Um, I don't know if I'll get all the way through it or not. But uh, it's in this weird place its story is not memorable it tries to do some interesting things that ace combat 6 pulls off a lot better with slight branching story paths based on your actions and different sort of multiple character interactions based on how you 
um, or based on which story path you follow, but it doesn't do a good job of it. And the characters really aren't super memorable. They tried a new thing by doing live action footage as opposed to animation or, um, you know, some type of animation style or pre-rendered cutscenes or something. They, they went with a live action video and it looks like garbage. Um, it might've looked fine on a standard def TV, but on my, uh, 1080p, uh, widescreen monitor, it, it looks terrible. Um, and then it, it's also sitting at this weird place, um, from a gameplay standpoint. Ace Combat 6 had lots of really large open battlefield missions. Fewer missions overall, but lots of open levels that take 25, 30 minutes to complete. A couple of them, maybe longer on the higher difficulties. And it gives you plenty of opportunities to return and rearm. And some missions you capture airfields mid-mission so you can land at the airfields and you don't even have to leave the map. All of these wonderful things with the mechanics... Um, that you can see they're testing here. They have lar- some, in, in, in Belkin War, they have some missions that are longer with a lot more target saturation and the ability to return um, to a preset mission line. <clears throat> and those had made appearances in previous Ace Combat games, but really being relied on heavily here. Um, probably three or four missions have them. Um, but they're just not handled very well. It doesn't do any of the interesting, oh, well, if you choose uh, to go to this area and capture the airfield, you can land at it instead of having to fly off the map. No, you still have to fly off the map. Um, so it's it's just at this very in-between state. As far as gameplay mechanics go, I mean, it's an ace combat game for from a piloting standpoint. You have a single wing, wingman that uh, you have the same kind of control over that you do in ace combat 5 and 6. Um, you can't control multiple wingmen or sort of get fire support from various armed forces and like you can in Ace Combat 6 and then you know the multiple wingmen in Ace Combat 5. <clears throat> but it's fine. I get, this is an area where Ace Combat 6 does better because not only... In, in Ace Combat 0, Belkin War, you cannot choose the plane that your wingman flies, but they have planes that are basically multi-role planes. It's the, the first wingman you have... Have, flies the F-15E, which is technically the more ground-focused variant, but it, it occupies a multi-role space from the game's perspective. And then the second wingman you get flies the F-16, which is also serves can serve as a multi-role fighter. And then it kind of ignores the statistics of those planes, and they kind of match whatever you're flying in terms of speed and maneuverability, because they can keep up with you no problem. And, and I don't have an issue with that from a gameplay mechanics standpoint. But uh, Ace Combat 6 allows you to choose the aircraft that your wingman flies and their weapon loadout. So it just, it, again, it does that better. And then Ace Combat 7, of course, completely gets rid of wingman. So you're, you're well, that doesn't get rid of them, but you don't get to control the planes or anything that they fly. Which, I mean, I'm fine with. That's fine. So it just sits in this interesting place. Like, I couldn't remember the story. I couldn't remember the gameplay mechanics. All I could remember was the the name Soloing Pixie, and I thought that was you, and it's not. That's one of your wingmen. Um, your character name or call sign is Cipher. So um, the the biggest thing that I will say though, when playing Ace Combat Zero, is that I didn't. I, Project Wingman was what kicked this whole thing off back in November last year, maybe December, um, getting me back into playing these arcadey flight games 
And because I co- had completely forgotten Ace Combat Zero's story, I have been comparing Project Wingman to the various other Ace Combat games. I'm like, oh, they pulled this element from this game and this element from that other one. And yes, to a certain extent, that is true. But Project Wingman is fucking Ace Combat Zero done right. You're a mercenary in Ace Combat Zero, just like you are in Project Wingman. The protagonist, or sorry, the antagonist <clears throat> of Project Wingman is basically a copy of Pixie, soloing Pixie. Um, he doesn't start out on your team. I guess huge spoilers for the story. The reason you get a second wingman is because your first wingman betrays you and becomes the main villain of the story, um, which is not handled well at all. Um, but anyways, uh, um, the antagonist of Project Wingman is basically soloing Pixie. They have a lot of the same speeches, not quite word for word, um, that would probably fall under like some type of plagiarism or something. They could maybe be sued for that. But in spirit, the speeches are the same and certain key phrases are, are stolen from it. Um, and there are like major mission highlights from Project Wingman that match up with major mission highlights from Ace Combat Zero. But it's just a much better game overall. It's a much better, you know, experience play wise. The story's told better. The voice acting is done better. Um, so, Project Wingman, that is. Project Wingman, better than Ace Combat Zero. Just not even ignoring the graphics and the playability. There's some weird stuff going on with, with Ace Combat Zero from a emulation standpoint. Uh, this one, I don't think, has received the same love and care as the other Ace Combat games that I have played so far uh, via emulation. So, um, you know, that kind of sucks, but... It is what it is. It, apparently, it's one of the least popular in the in the series, and I can see why. I, I'm glad it survived the transition and that we did get Ace Combat 6 and further Ace Combat games. I just saw uh, the other day, um, maybe a day or two ago, Ace Combat 7 has been the most successful one financially in the series, which hopefully means we'll continue to see the series grow. I would love to see some... Uh, a return to form with Ace Combat 8, or whatever they call it, um, bringing it back towards the Ace Combat 5 days, because that really is the best game in the series by far. Or even Ace Combat 6. Ace Combat 6 has grown on me um, since playing other games in the series more recently, but, you know, I would love to see an Ace Combat 8 or whatever, you know, come to reflect something a, a more close to Ace Combat 5 or Ace Combat 6. I don't want to see another Ace Combat 7-style game. Um, even if they decided to keep the tech tree, at the very least cut down on some of it a little bit. The tech tree is just too much. It's too much for any combat game. But um, anyways, yeah, that's that's the game that I played this week that I want to talk about. There's a couple others, but I'm going to save those. I don't want to go through my whole list uh, on this weird week. And the other thing that I've been dealing with, if you follow me on Twitter, is that uh, my HOTAS, speaking of flight stuff... Uh, is breaking the, I have the Thrustmaster T16000M, which is like the top rated low, like high, low end or low, like mid end HOTAS setup. Like it's better than a cheapo thing, but it's not as good as going and getting like, say the Thrustmaster Warthog or one of the better higher end SciTech ones or, you know, whatever. To, to anyone who, who cares about this stuff, you know what I'm talking about. To anyone who doesn't, don't worry about it. It's just sort of like, a middle-of-the-range model. Um, and I've used it lovingly for several years at this point. I guess probably I had a 
2017, 2018, like late 2017, early 2018, somewhere in that range. So two, two and a half to three years is, is how long I've been using this thing. Fault free. Well, apparently it uses a potentiometer in the joystick to do rotation, left and right rotation. Um, whereas most of the other joysticks, maybe all of the joysticks at that price point use uh, some type of contactless system. I don't quite know exactly how it works. I've just been looking into this stuff today because it's been breaking. But apparently the potentiometer uh, just gets gunk in it and breaks down slowly over time and starts to throw erratic um, signals. <coughs> Excuse me. Erratic signals, which makes the joystick practically useless. And there's... Uh, Plenty of teardown and repair videos. Um, you can go so far as to replacing it as you want. But it's out of warranty. So even though these joysticks are still made, it's not in warranty. So I can't get send it off to get it repaired. Um, so I'm going to break it down and try and do a repair myself. I will report back on the success of my repair next week. I'm just going to break it down, uh, take the potentiometer apart, clean it really well, um, put it all back together and see if that works. And if it doesn't, then I guess I'll be chucking out the joystick portion um, and replacing it with a different joystick. The throttle, the Thrustmaster throttle is really highly rated. Uh, the one that comes with this sort of combo. Um, I think it's called the TWS throttle module. It's really highly rated. And lots of people online, on specifically on like the HOTAS subreddit and on the entire sort of community that exists on YouTube around these sorts of things, recommend it in all sorts of combinations with... Um, mid to high range joysticks um, because of how fully featured it is and the fact that it has a, a sliding throttle action as opposed to sort of a lever action which works really well for um, apparently um, if you like to do helicopter style uh, simulators and then in space sims which I've always liked it in Elite Dangerous so I'm going to keep the throttle. If the joystick breaks, I've got one that I've been looking into, or rather if I break the joystick the rest of the way, or if the repair doesn't really seem to do anything, I've got one that I'm looking at buying, uh, just a replacement joystick that's about $150. Um, that's sort of a higher middle tier one um, that has even more features than the Thrustmaster and is made with less plastic and more metal. So it'll be heavier. That's probably the only problem I've ever had with this joystick is because it's plasticky. It's kind of light. And so it sometimes slides around on my desk and I'm not going for a bolt down solution. I need to be able to move it um, to have access to my entire desktop. So we'll see. I'll probably do that this weekend. Um, I might do the repair, you know, as soon as I can and then really test it out this weekend because usually I put it up for the week while I'm working and I get it out for the weekend when I play. Uh, here lately, a lot of stuff like DCS, which I will talk about next week, or um, Project Wingman, which does allow, you know, f support a full range of flight sticks. And um, I'm going to start getting back into Elite Dangerous here. I've been really getting the bug to play that again. Um, and X4, whenever the new patch, or not, not the new patch, the new DLC comes out um, that adds uh, terraforming. So, gotta gotta have my, my setup um, ready for, like, now. And then also the near future. Um, and then I got a laptop. I got a new gaming laptop. That was my Christmas present to myself. I'm going to give it a full run through uh, on the next episode. Excuse me. Uh, give it a full run through on the next episode. A bit of a uh, review, I guess. I don't know if review is the right way to say it. Um, 
it's pretty early impressions. Um, it, it took me like two weeks to get it, uh, shipping delays and stuff. But my first impressions are, wow, this thing is really solid. I got a really great bargain um, on this thing. Uh, for anybody who is interested in looking it up, let me go look up its model right now. It's in the Acer Predator line. Um, but I can't remember the specific model because there are a few different ones. Um, it's the Acer Predator 17 G5. And then there are several different versions of the G5. Um, it's got a, an i7-7700Q, 32 gigs of uh, DDR4, and a GTX 1060. Um, so... I, I did a little bit to it as well after I got it. I put a NVMe SSD in it. But I'll get into the full details of that in the next episode. Um, but my first impressions are, or have been, it's it's really good. I, I got a good, good, good deal on that. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's it. I didn't make myself any show notes. I just wanted to talk for, uh, you know, 20, 25, 30 minutes. Uh, some of that I'll be cut out on the recording though. So far I'm at 22 minutes. Um, the only other thing we need to talk about is scheduling. So for anyone who has been with us, uh, before, you know that in sort of mid January, typically we do our VGL awards where we talk about, uh, the previous year in gaming and do all of our awards, the serious ones, the silly ones, the whatever ones, um, you, that should have been this week, obviously, not doing that this week. Um, and it would be next week, but obviously next week is Game Club. Um, or supposed to be. Uh, I think we're going to wind up pushing Game Club back for the January Game Club back to February the 2nd. So that's the first week of February when we'll do the recording for Game Club. And that will mean that the VGL Awards will be February the 9th. Um, that is our tentative plan so far. Although we had uh, kind of talked about that last week. And because Rage's computer has been down, we didn't really talk all that much uh, this weekend like we usually do when we hang out and do a little bit of prep and play video games and stuff. We chatted for a bit, but he was hanging out with his girlfriend. Um, was very gracious to <laughs> share some of that time with me. So um, we might wind up pushing that back another week. I guess it just depends on how uh, expeditiously and uh, well the PC repair goes. Oh, there's going to be a lot of editing this week. Craig has been broken, so I can't use Craig to record this. And my allergies are acting up, so I've been coughing like crazy. I'm going to have to cut out a bunch of those. But, um, yeah, that was everything that I really wanted to talk about this week. I hope that you have at least been able to put up with me for this entire period of time. Um, And uh, I look forward to getting back into the normal swing of things with Rage next week. Um, Let me pull up the show notes where I can actually read off the things like I'm supposed to do. I will say I have been Gaming Psychologist. If you want to follow me on the YouTubes, you can do so by heading over to Gaming Psychologist. Um, I I guess I'm trying to do a little bit of recording. Certainly nothing to the extent that I tried to do in the past, but just some fun recordings especially some stuff connected to this um, year of nostalgia that I'm doing. Although I've been having some issues with recording stuff. I got to figure out what's going on there. I will, of course, give more details on the show if I get it working properly. 
Um, if you want to go check out whatever's over there, though, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist on the YouTube. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at JMA4707. And be my friend on Steam by sending your friend request to JRArthur4707. Um, you can... Okay, here we go. I got the show notes stuff pulled up. You can... If you want to contact us, you can do so by sending an email to vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, and gaming-related related topics. Or you can tweet us at vglpodcasts. Uh, this stuff... <laughs> is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash VGL podcast. If you want to head on over there and give us some money, we would greatly appreciate it. All proceeds go to hosting fees, advertising, and making sure that, I don't know, we do stuff. Um, if you have somehow stumbled into following us or to listening to this podcast, but don't know where to follow us. You can do so over at vglpodcast.podbean.com as well as on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, um, Spotify, wherever else podcasts are sold. Uh, our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work over at incomputech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.